from the city that has always been the epicenter of music. The established, the current, and the risers of the true soul of Memphis. This is the Memphis Reverb. This is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting as uh, Jay Ruffin Hello. stops in the studio uh, to talk about all things. We get to the bottom of what I keep calling blues, uh, but maybe not it's rock so and roll. It's man. rock and roll, man. Uh, plus, we're going to talk about being a dad in this whole weird music thing, how it is to record and gig being a dad. Also, uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff, but. Uh, uh, lots to unpack here uh, with his new album, Roughing Out. It's all happening in the Memphis Reverb right now. Made in Memphis. This is the Memphis Reverb. From pitch to the center circle studio, Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. 18-yard box is wall-free. This is my three subs podcast, a soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. We are back, and I am so excited for a new season of My Three Subs, season number two. We are back, baby. Uh, I think it's season three now. Okay. All right. I am so excited (laughs) for the start of season number three of My Three Subs podcast, and we couldn't be talking about a bigger topic. It's going to be huge, the European Super League, Mm -hmm. and now it's about to be reality. And it's done. Wait a second. Yep. No. Apology door has started, actually. Hang on a second. Wait. <laughs> See, now I think you're taking the piss on nope. this. Wow. 19-year-old no. virgins last longer than that. Hey, everybody. <laughs> my bad. We'll get everything started with season number two or three. three. This is My Three Subs. Check out the latest episodes at My3SubsPodcast.com and on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Memphis Reverb. Yeah, I owe you a bit of apology, Jay. I, I keep calling you a blues artist, but you're more, I guess, background in blues. That We'll, we'll get into it all, but uh, Jay Ruffin in the house right now. Yo, yo. Uh, rocking the band tee uh, right. and the beer in the hand. If you're playing along at home, uh, I'm, I've got the gotta get up to get down. You're rocking what? Tiny Bomb? Well, Tiny Bomb, mm-hmm. Memphis Brewery. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Keep we, it local. We, we both kept it local. Yes, which yes. Is important. Um, Good to see you, Brody. It's been a long while, Jay, uh, that that you and I have just hung out. Uh, give you a little backstory behind Jay and I. We actually worked together at Amra Music. You still over there? I am. Um, they're celebrating the 100th year Good anniversary, Lord. and I think I've been there a quarter of that time. <laughs> but it's cool. And no, man. It's- so Amro, if you're not familiar, is the pretty much only music store in the city of Memphis and surrounding areas. And uh, if if you played an instrument of any kind, they were they are your go to. And I don't want to give you know they're obviously not sponsoring the show, so I don't want to give them too much of a plug. But uh, that being said. You also get the, I guess, joy of kind of rubbing elbows with a whole bunch of different musicians while you're at, while you're over there. That's the great thing, man. Uh, I was thinking about it. You know, I'm a rocker, right. like rock and roll. Right. And, uh, and, uh, that's why I want to apologize. Cause you're not a blues well, that's artist cool. or a rock and roll artist. I like the blues too. Yeah. Uh, 
but it's funny, you know, working up there with a lot of other musicians and, uh, they're mostly jazz guys. So, <laughs> right. you know, rock and roll is not their favorite, but I've learned a lot talking to those guys and, you know, uh, shout out to my buddy, Cliff Acred. Bassist. Bass, man. He played on a lot of Sun Record stuff, but... Mm-hmm. He hated that stuff. He's a jazz guy. I'm like, dude, that's the coolest shit ever. Yeah, right. Well, you know, and that's the funny thing is uh, we, you know, we've had a couple episodes now uh, where we talked about that blurred line of the genre, you know, especially in today's world where new artists are uh, coming out and they're like, it's a pop album. Not really. It's, it's rock, but you know, that, that line is so blurry. And I think it's because, and, and, and you can kind of go along with this uh, if I'm right, or if, and if I'm wrong, correct me uh, that everything's kind of getting back to the root, you know, where uh, you know, we go for the chord progression as people, we go back to that root chord where it, it all started somewhere, you know? Well, you know, when when you write a song, for me anyway, I'm not thinking genre. Mm-hmm. What happens when you uh, do put something out, you're going to be asked for genre. And that goes back to even the record store days. You have to be labeled. Right. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they don't. But right. you've got to fit into a category for, uh, you know, the radio and, and I everything. Think that's where artists like Stevie Ray Vaughan and your artists like even John Mayer to a point, you know, John Mayer put out a pop album simply because it sold, right? It, it, it gave him money to do what he wanted to do, which was the John Mayer trio, which was blues, you know, recorded here. Um, and I think Stevie Ray Vaughan was in that same, yeah, it's rock, but sort of, you know, and, and that's kind of where that gray area has started to emerge a lot more, that that tinge of gray. You got to do what's in your heart. Otherwise, it's going to be fake yeah. uh, anyway. So I would say, you know, if you're an artist, just want to write and do your thing, do what's in your heart. Genre will fall where it may. Fall wherever it may have. Hopefully you'll make tens of dollars. <laughs> Well, you've been, doing more. It, you, you've been doing it for a while and uh, it, you've kind of seen it, you know, um, you're, you're the most established artist that we've had on the show so far. And, really? and, and, I, and I say that with all respect because you've kind of been there, done that, and, and you've been in line with those people. Is it necessary, in your opinion, uh, to have that mindset, I have to go after the label or I have to do X, Y, Z before I can, quote unquote, say I made it? The greatest thing about uh, where we're at now, you know, it was looking kind of dark with a... Uh, Labels going under some of the big labels, mm-hmm. um, bands not getting the support. There's so much new music out now, and you really notice it when you try to put something out and you see what else is out there. Yeah. Oh my God. Is it disheartening? When uh, no, it we makes me looking? feel great, man. Really? I'm glad people are doing it. And I've got the do it yourself ethic going now. And mm-hmm. that works for me because really looking back to. My teen years when I was playing and recording with the reel to reel, that's all I wanted to do then. I wanted yeah. to do do uh, the instruments myself, record everything, mix everything. Yeah. And now, uh, because of 
where the industry is. That's what a lot of people do. And I think there's going to be some cream that rises to the top. Sure. I'm not sure if that's me, but <laughs> well, it's it, out there. I, I would say so. You are the type of artist that does it all himself on, on the track. Not your first album that you've done this to, uh, where you literally lay down the keys, the bass, the guitar, the vocals, the key, the whole nine yards, you're doing it all. Um, it, you know, and, and obviously you hear stories like Dave Grohl did that with the Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters first album. And you, you see artists do it. So it's not like it's an anomaly, but I got, to me, it sounds really hard because the only person you could get really down on is yourself if something's not right. But it's in a way, it's harder to relay what you want something to sound like to another player. And mm-hmm. I actually, on my other two records, I, uh, a friend of mine, Jason Hatcher, played drums. But, you know, going back again to the early years when I was starting to write and record, uh, drums was my first instrument. And I would uh, cut the drum tracks first and then put everything on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I like it. You you work how you like it. But uh, sometimes that's easier than relaying what the voices in your head to other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's true too. You know, you, you you want that feeling, you want that emotion. And if they're not copying that or if they're not feeling it too, then that goes out the window. And let me say, I just, I love recording. I love yeah. being in the studio. Um, I love having a studio now uh, as a lot of people do a uh, home studio. Yeah. And, uh, it, well, to go to your point though, it became a lot easier to have that home studio because all the, I mean, even, you know, this, you know, in this little ragtag, you know, hole of a studio. Um, I had all this equipment, like the mics. I didn't even bought anything yet, <laughs> yet. Uh, minus a few chords that I had to replace, but um, it's become a lot easier. It's become more cool, I guess, to do it yourself, a DIY. Well, you're doing what you love. I'm doing what I love. Yeah. And uh, it, it has gotten easier mm-hmm. um, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, when, the digital stuff came around. It was intimidating, but yeah, I love that stuff now, and I still love analog and tape. Do you record first in the analog and then take it digital still, or you know, because that is your route? You you know to well, bring this thing full circle a little bit. I plan on the next one getting some tape involved. Yeah, which would probably be a. Um, original tracks to tape quickly dumped into digital because mm-hmm. you lose you start losing sound quality as soon as it goes on the tape yeah, that, right. you know so there were bad things about tape too it sure. wasn't all fun and games but um it, it's just good times being able to do it yeah I mean, it's free uh, to a point, you know, because you, you sit there and you don't have to rely on anybody. Speaking of relying on people, though, uh, and going back to the album, new album is Ruffin, uh, and and kind of a you said, I mean, passion project for you um, yeah. because you have a lot of people involved with this one outside of yourself. Well, and there were going to be more. Okay, um, let me start by saying that I've got a couple of good friends, Nancy Apple, Alice Hazen. <laughs> who uh, I'd planned to be on the record. Things happen. Uh, Hardware crashes and computers sometimes. (laughs) And then pandemics happen. Yeah. So um, some things didn't didn't happen that I wanted to, but still, um, 
Hey, these are good friends of mine too. Art Edmonston, yeah, played sax saxophone. On. Not not a bad player. Uh, no, I, as a saxophone player, he's pretty damn good. <laughs> I talked to Art today, and and uh, he's cutting a record with his uh, phone and drums, basically. Yeah, they cut the record today, mixing tomorrow. Lord have mercy. Good times, but, yeah. Good times, I, but there you go. I mean, you know, he kind of you want to do it, you do it, and and you kind of go with the flow. And um, Steve Dolan, trumpet player, trumpet guy, yeah, great trumpet player. He played trumpet on a couple of songs, along with uh, Prentice Wolf Woston. Prentice worked Prentice. at uh, worked at Emro too, right? He sure does. All those cats. Uh, <laughs> I, hey. Is that how you met them all? Like, is through Amro? And this it, is, it really is. Yeah. yeah, you know, musicians come together up there a lot. And um, Steve and uh, Prentice uh, did the brass parts on two songs. Mm-hmm. Prentice wrote wrote the arrangements, and then you get a little closer to home uh, with a, a couple other people on the on the uh, album. Abby Rose. Uh, doing a little Vox, right, 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 and um, uh, and and Madeline, yeah, and I I need to uh, make a correction here because, uh, <laughs> gosh, okay, so the the do it yourself thing, yeah, it's cool, and you proofread, you edit. I did the graphics, yeah, and everything, and we proofread them. I proofread them ten times, twenty times. Mm. It never fails. Uh, a few nights ago, Abby was like, Daddy, <laughs> you said that I sang background vocals on track four. It's track three. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> you better hope track four uh, gets all of the accolades. Abby, so she can if sing. you're listening, I'm sorry. Babe. <laughs> yeah, my, my two daughters, I got them involved. And yeah. there's a lot more to that story, you know, is... Um, well, I want to get you to know. I want to get to being a dad and then yeah. recording. But let me yeah. go back real quick yeah. to to the whole pandemic thing, uh, because working in the pandemic, obviously everybody's learning how to walk again, how to work again, how to you know basically do everything that we were doing. Except now it's way different. So working as a musician. Uh, in the pandemic, you know, you, you would play Beal all the time and, and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden that goes away. So what does that do for you, the artist? Okay. Uh, well, I gotta be honest, you know, short, uh, before the pandemic, I wasn't playing as much, so it didn't hit me as hard as some people, but Mm -hmm. I, I know people who really had the rug pulled out from under them that did nothing but gig. And my heart goes out to them. Uh, it didn't affect me as much because I had a day job. Right. But um, it, in a way, it was cool, man, because uh, you connect with, well, my family. And my, my right. wife is an orchestra teacher. My kids play instruments. <laughs> and you look inside more, me being an introvert, mm-hmm. pandemic, not too bad. <laughs> Even though I still had to go to work, you right, know? right. Well, you know, and and that's funny be- that you say that because that seems to be the echo for a lot of people. It's that it forced us to take a step back, reevaluate what it is that I was actually doing, how much I was actually working, and and doing this, that, and the other. With that said. I can't wait to play. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. So uh, you got a couple gigs lined up and we'll get, get to those, but I want to go back to then being a dad because now you are having to deal with the, you know, deal with the family all the time. Um, you know, things are way different. 
does does the the whole hey we want to be on your album dad come into play or is it well you're here kind of well first of all brody how many kids have you got i got three now wow yeah congratulations thanks (laughs) talk about well here's here's the story uh we moved to uh nashville for four years we had our first child and really uh I couldn't write. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think I went from being um, introverted and uh, melancholy to being kind of happy for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You see the little baby, you know, right. and couldn't write for a while. Well, it changes your whole perspective on everything. It, it does. I wanted to write, but uh, couldn't. And, that, you know, that's going back to when I was, you know, early teens. I used to write songs all the time, write lyrics. and. But, uh, so we moved back to Memphis. Kids are getting a little older. Uh, I wrote a song for my oldest daughter, Maddie. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And it's on the record. Mm-hmm. But uh, my youngest daughter is like, Dad, you didn't write one for me? <laughs> <laughs> so then I wrote Abby Rose. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, you know, it's a little cheesy. I know I got a, a song title for each of my daughters, but they really... In, uh, in a spark way, though, me, man. They yeah, got me back in it. In, in a way, they turn into your muse uh, because, right. you know, the, the creative starts being tossed in a different direction. And then when it bounces back off of them, it's completely obscure from what you knew before. Um, at least that's my case. You know, when I'm spitballing ideas and stuff and they're like, you mean, you know, this? And I'm like, well, I didn't even think about that. Oh, well, and and kids can be brutally honest. Brutally you know. honest, yeah. You know, Abby will tell me, oh, dad, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad, you're fat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Your belly's bad. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Oh, uh, thanks, honey. <laughs> but, you know, seeing those girls singing background on this stuff as I was recording it, uh, you know, Hey, they get a little pitchy here and there at the time, but uh, yeah. it was just so cool having them be a part of it. And uh, well, Maddie's <laughs> playing cello, and, and she and, is. You and, know. Yeah, she cut those tracks a few months ago, and sounds great. You mm-hmm. know. Well, let me say this, man. This just popped in my head, but yeah. so I was spending all the time in the studio, feeling guilty, maybe not spending enough time with the family and the kids. Sure. So I moved uh, my most of my studio gear inside and had a indoors studio. That was a mistake, though, right? They still didn't want to have anything to do with me, so, <laughs> so they I moved go, it back out. They yeah. go further away from yeah. you, like in the yeah. house. You're like, oh, I'm feeling guilty, but they're like, well, Dad, please yeah. go away. Now they can't say, oh, you're out in the studio all the time. Yeah, right. You know, we tried the other way. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, they're like, please leave. But yeah, so Maddie played cello. And she has gotten really good with cello. She's, mm-hmm. you know, doing the classical thing like her mom. But uh, lately, you know, I guess my old rock and roll dad has rubbed off on a little <laughs> bit. And she's she started wanting to play drums. And, yeah. Uh, I see the videos on Facebook. You can follow well, him at Jay Ruffin. And uh, we, you guys are playing like ACDC. And, well, and, yeah, and mom didn't want us. We were, yeah, she's in the youth symphony. And uh, we were going to cut a song. And... 
mom shot us down. She wanted to do a highway to hell, and we couldn't do that one. <laughs> like, not really appropriate. Oh, come on. Listen, yeah. music has its place. All music has its place, uh, you know, and, and if it wasn't for X, you couldn't have Z uh, because you got to get through Y, you know. And um, then I, I noticed uh, last week I picked up my youngest daughter from school. We were, I mean, I picked up Maddie from school, waiting on the youngest to get out, and we're... <laughs> We're riding around, and Maddie had been asking, hey, what about the 80s? What was that like, the music? So anyway, she said, can we listen to some music? Cocaine, that's what it was like. Well, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> it was weird, man. Yeah, it was weird. So I put, Duran, on the, Duran. put on a little new wave channel, <laughs> and after about a minute, she said, no, I want to hear some heavy metal. Mm. So, so we, you dived into that. Pantera oh, yeah. And, and yeah, we got Metallica. on uh, the Ozzy's Boneyard channel. And, yeah. Yeah, it, that's great. You know, uh, does it I make you that. excited? Like, you know, because well, there's a whole there's a whole fad, I guess you could oh say. Oh my god! Well, with younger gen hitting this new stride of, you know, they had the band tees at Target, and then people started going, "But do you know anything about them?" And then they start looking it up. I got to tell you something sad, and it makes me kind of <laughs> not really, but. Uh, you know, you start listening back to some of the stuff, and there was some uh, misogynistic uh, lyrics. A little a lot bit. of the heavy metal, so, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of torn. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's I'd like for make... them to hear some cool stuff, but yeah. I don't want them to listen to these lyrics, yeah. man. You know? Don't listen yeah. to the words. Yeah. Listen to how it was put together. They're getting at that age. They can understand them now. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, well, working at a, you know. at a music store, though, you know, you see a younger generation. You've seen the younger generations roll through, not just the older cats, you know, that you work with uh, on the albums or feel comfortable working with on the albums but also you see these young kids coming through and and i know at least when i was working there you get a little hopeful and then you get way discouraged uh for a couple and then you get way more encouraged by by somebody else who rolls through based on passion alone i would say music is the best thing going man and i you know i did sports yeah don't do many sports these days and uh, well, I would say I've never gotten a broken bone from playing music, but I think I did one night. <laughs> it was a good gig. Though. I broke my nose yeah. uh, playing you music, know. yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it just depends. But seriously, though, they say music makes you smarter. It didn't happen to me, but yeah. I think most people most it does. People, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think it happens. Yeah. It depends on what kind of music you're playing, I believe. Right. Yeah, uh, let's let's go into the kind of music. I, I apologize at the beginning because uh, I I took you as a blues artist. Um, well, and, and and maybe that is because it is very uh, blues rock, if you well, will. It's well, yeah. You know, if we're getting into genres, uh, I, I'd probably classify it more as a. God, I hate to say pop rock, but it's rock. But uh, Southern you know, rock? With, no, southern not really rock? Southern rock, man. Maybe. Um, I don't even know what that means anymore. I don't either, but uh, <laughs> I am Southern. <laughs> and, you know, I always liked uh, the power, I don't power the pop stuff, you know. Yeah, but but yeah. let me say this about the blues. Yeah, I grew up in the Delta. Yeah. I played some blues, and I love the old Delta blues stuff. But I've got... Have you ever turned a gig down with anybody? Uh, no, I have never. And... <laughs> I, I was taught at an early age to never say no. Well, that's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I was thinking of three, because I saw your notes and you had the thing about the blues music. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, I had three opportunities to play that I turned down because I had to because of uh, school or work, other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But one, um, when I was down around Clarksdale, Mississippi, Big Jack Johnson 
the oil man, great blues player, asked yeah. me to go play in Belgium. And I wish I had, but I'd just gotten back into school. Yeah. Couldn't do it. But um, You felt like that plan B needed a little bit more push. Yeah. Looking back, yeah, yeah it's probably the best decision. Then yeah. uh, there was a was it big George Brock asked me to play drums with him on a tour. Mm-hmm. Had to turn that down. Uh, I can't remember what was going on. Life. And then, you know, living up here in Memphis, uh, I don't know how I got this call. Little Milton. Oh, yeah. I got a call to come play drums. I'm like, really? Okay, who? How do you find your name? I, I really can't remember, but I, I couldn't do it, man. Yeah. Uh, Is there something in you that says, no, I'm not that? And I can't be that, or is well, it just like there's other cats that are uh, that are out there that'll. Do at that it. point, I'm writing songs and yeah. thinking if I'm gonna put the effort into it, I need to be doing original stuff. But it's funny that that little Milton gig. I called my friend Brian Ayler. Mm-hmm. He took the gig, really? and, and I see him. I see him these days. He's like, man, I'm sure glad you gave me that call. And turned it down. <laughs> Little Milton, man, a legend. But all three of those blues guys are passed away now, but they were good ones. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I see you playing on Beale, though. Um, And Beale, you could go every other house and and find something different. Um, When I say house, yeah, every other bar. Mm -hmm. You know, you start at BB's, and typically it's blues there uh, at BB's, but not always. Because you've played BB's, and it's not blues. I have played BB's and uh, Rum Boogie and... Um, a couple other places there, but um, there's some good musicians down there, aren't yeah. there? Yeah. And that's what I like about what you're doing with the Memphis music. Well, <laughs> that's, with your show, you, you know, know, that's, it's, it's funny because everybody's like, oh, you got to go to Nashville, you know, or you got to go to Austin uh, if you're yeah. a rock and roll guy. Or- Let me tell you this. Um, I was, I lived up there for four years and because of uh, family obligations, wasn't really pursuing the music, which is odd because, yeah, I always wanted to move to Nashville right. to pursue music and it didn't happen. Yeah. But um, a good friend I made up there, Shane Owens, you know, he's from Kentucky, <laughs> has been involved in uh, that Nashville scene. He's like, man, I'm jealous of you growing yeah. up in the Delta and growing up in Memphis. Yeah. They never got that. Well, it's, Kentucky, that, in that it's area. the blue collar, I think. And, and this is the way I like to, to describe Memphis. It's the blue collar working person's, you know, town as far as music is concerned. You can go to Nashville and, and try to get your name put out there. But I think if you want to go through the grinder, you know, the real grind wheel of music, um, play in Memphis. Um, and, and this is what I've found. And maybe it's been the same for you, is that when you play a gig in Memphis, the people in the audience know music. <laughs> so, And they're real quick to point out like, hey, I did not like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and maybe it's, it's different. It's, it's a rougher place, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I did play in Nashville some while I was there. And uh, that's, a, that's a whole different scene, too, because mm-hmm. there's so many studio musicians and yeah. everybody you meet in, in Nashville, it's like... Oh, yeah, I had a hit song, you know. Right. I mean, everybody you meet just <laughs> right. walking down the street. You I know. charted at 18 or whatever. But Memphis will make you tough, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's a gritty city, but I love it. And yeah. Some great people here, great musicians. When when you're sitting here talking about working, and, and I want to go back to the album uh, Ruffin' real quick, um, and, and, and just that overall overarching, like, it's got to be perfect. Uh, does the family, and especially with your wife being a, a classical musician and everything, does she sit there and go, 
uh, yeah, that that doesn't work, or or hypercritical, or they're just like apathetic. <laughs> you know, okay. Well, my wife is a great musician. Yeah, and she studied uh, classical music. But she, and she's supportive. Right. I'm not saying that, but uh, she's not one to ask for um, she can any critical input. Yeah, you know, she she's like, if you like it, I like it. Oh, you know. Yeah. Um, I've talked her into playing one gig one time on my last CD release. And what did she play? What did she play? <laughs> viola. Oh, viola. viola. Okay. And teaches orchestra in the school system and. Um, you know how did it? How did the gig go? What, what? It was cool. Yeah, it was. It was, was very a lot cool. Of darting eyes, like, why are you making me do this? No, no. I think she had fun, yeah. but I had bought her a sparkly blue <laughs> violin. Actually, not a viola, but I bought yeah. her a sparkly blue electric violin. Mm-hmm. That was the one time she played it, and it's still at the house. And <laughs> my daughter's picking it up from time to time. I'm like, what is this? Where did this come from? Like, oh, yeah. di- by the way, difference between a. Uh, violist and a guitarist you know she's got one viola and she's happy with that i've got 12 guitars and <laughs> never i happy. want 12 more never, you know? and you're never happy with it uh so uh, let's go back to to writing and everything like that how is how has it evolved how has it changed uh now that you are dad now that you are putting that in because you said well i used to write melancholy but is that have oh. you found a new stride with that or? Oh, no. I mean, that, that's still some of the best stuff. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting another beer. You want another Yeah, one? Let's, right. let's do that. If you're drinking at home, and if you're drinking at home, I'm, I've got the, uh, got to get up to get down. I'm a coffee guy. We've got the, uh, what is this? Tiny Bomb. Tiny Bomb. It's a Pilsner, but you know, I'm not usually a Pilsner guy. You're an IPA guy? I'm an IPA guy, See, usually. Uh, I can't stand IPAs. I don't know what it is. I don't know, it's man. It's too bitter. But I like coffee, too, so that's... Have you ever I, had this? I have. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Get I was you, jacked up, man. Get you one. <laughs> I had... Oh, man. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, going going back to the music now, uh, how has it evolved? I, it Or has it gone back to its roots? Well... You know, that's hard to say, man. It's such an esoteric thing because writing a song, something's got to, I guess most people I know for me, something's got to move me. Well, what moves you now? Uh, just life, man. I mean, it, it's the little glimpses of uh, magic that, you know, you see on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And I've tried, some writers say, oh, I'm going to write, I write every day, I make myself. And I, I try that, but. Doesn't work. I've got to have a little bit of a little magic spark. and uh, Where do you do most of your writing? On the toilet. Studio? No, no, no. <laughs> Re- I read in there. And, uh, no. uh, yeah, studio. Yeah. Um, in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, <laughs> cutting grass, man. Really? I get, uh, yeah, doing yard work. I, I've got stuff in my head all the is time. It, I've written a few that, songs lately. That droning of the... And it's just- I, I guess so, man. The the mind just wanders, and um, yeah, I start thinking songs, and sometimes I write in my head, and I'll, I'll make sure I get it down shortly after I get through so I don't forget it, but uh, yeah. sometimes it's just something bad stuck in your head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to say... I mean, there was one song. Uh, I hate to even say the name. 
but it's about a f the police a toddler a, no a baby uh shark or something I, yeah oh god yeah yeah i told Please you stop. man but it was in my <laughs> cutting grass for <laughs> two, two and a half hours you know <laughs> that comes along Sorry, with the, the being a dad though because yeah because i get those and and yeah god bless um how old are yours uh yeah so i've got a nine month Hitting ten month, hmm. uh, three year old and a six year old. Yeah, man. So yeah, yeah. you want to talk about baby shark? Let's go there, pal. Dude. All right. Coco well, my Melon. kids have gotten past that. Yeah, Coco Melon's on repeat here. Wow. <laughs> hey, I, I tell you, a milestone at my house. I told you, Maddie just already getting into this hard rock yeah, stuff. Tell me when that happens, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what phase does that happen? Because yeah. <laughs> I, I need had, glimmer hey, of hope. Before that, she, let me tell you, she had a um, Harry Styles uh, mm. poster in her room. From, not she got all Christmas. bad, by the way. Not all bad. No, not I'll give him props. He's he's a he's a real artist. Yeah. But uh, I noticed uh, the Harry Styles poster had made its way into Abby's room. Oh. Yesterday, so she got rid of that. Oh, put up a Beatles poster instead. Wow, so. she's growing up, man. Twelve she, years she old. A John, girl. Paul. Yes, John or Paul. John, man. Really? How about you? I'm a Paul dude. Well, I, I was always. I was a, a John bass guy, guy, man. Yeah, and he's one of the best, man. The, those walking lines, man. But, Stupid uh, simple. Stupid simple. And and but you go back to the roots. Listen, I mean that was just nothing but a walking bass line, which jazz has been doing for eons. Um, well, speaking of the Beatles, they owe it to Memphis, man. Yeah. You listen to Ringo and I hear uh DJ Fontana with Elvis that swinging drum style. Yeah. Everything's on the backbeat and they'll tell you that's what got him going, man. Sure. Sure. Um, the um yeah, I don't know. And I was wondering if Maddie heard me talk about being a John Lennon guy over Paul McCartney, but uh, and I don't mean totally, but yeah, I, I would prefer the Lennon stuff. Paul had a longer career. <laughs> Not John's fault. <laughs> he was, Just I think John was in his prime, man. He was, he, he was. was. But uh, Look at Ringo, man. He's well, still yeah, look at Ringo. And, and he's the fifth Beatle, so can't even go that way. Well, no, I'm not a Ringo hater. I like Ringo. Man. Yeah? As a drummer, I always like listening to Ringo's Really? Yeah, it was so man. simplistic, you know, and it was but that, it, it was did that swing. what did it? Well, it fit the songs perfect. Sure. And uh, that's the thing with drums, with any instrument, they got to fit the songs. For yeah. me, it's all about the songs. And yeah. Sometimes less is more. Exactly. And that's the hardest thing for me. You're recording, you want to do a wall of sound, Phil Spector production, you know? Yeah, right. And uh, I'm still trying to get to that point where I can do less and have more open spaces, man, because that's that's Do do you find yourself, now that you are, you know, completely DIYing everything um, and getting, you've got some outside help, though. So, you know, I say that with with an asterisk because uh, there are other guys on, on, you know, the editing side and stuff. Do they come back and like, hey, man, recut X this, uh, you know, kind of thing or? Oh, no, no, oh, no. And uh, <laughs> no, the, the, those guys that we talked about that I mentioned, they're, um, they're team players on that. You know, they, really? we, we got it. Well, they're professionals, man. Well, sure, we got sure. it right in when they recorded it. Yeah. And I got to say, man, recording, engineering, uh, brass and woodwind, <laughs> I love that, man. That's, that's that's a fun thing to record and something I hadn't done a lot of. 
but um, it's it's a pain in the ass, is what it is. <laughs> not too, not as bad as drums and guitar in my That's true. in my mind, you That's know. True. But uh, um, yeah, I had a thought, and then I went. Um, do Do you find it that when you are doing those sessions, though, with with the multiple artists and and everything like that, do you find yourself getting frustrated then? <sighs> Because you aren't the one doing it, like oh, that's not. That's not oh no, no, because these guys, the I mean, guys that came in, professional. oh well, they came in and they added something to the songs that you didn't. Even think I couldn't, you know. Yeah. I don't do brass and woodwinds, um, but uh, I gotta tell you, man, I had we had we'd cut the brass parts, and this is when I had the computer crash, okay, and I had some problems and ended up having to recut everything. Like the whole record, man, got recut all over, all my parts, Jeez. everything. But I kept the brass parts and was, uh, and I don't use a click track on the drums, so it might move a little bit left and right, you know. But yeah. I was able to, <laughs> it just kind of fell into place. The drums uh, with the brass parts, it worked. So uh, you, you kept know, it in there. They kept those, yeah. 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 It's always something, man. I, sure. You know, but this record, it, I didn't think it would get made. It, it, just so much stuff. What's but, uh, the one track on the record? Uh, because you can go find it now. Uh, I think uh, CD Baby. I'll, I'll put the links in the description. But uh, what's the one track on there that you're sitting there going, you know what? That was it. That was, that was, the, and it takes you right back to it. And proud moment, proud track kind of thing. Okay. Well. The proudest pop a moment. Oh, well, I mean, if you say pop a moment, I got to go to, uh, you know, Abby Rose and the Madeline song that I wrote because, yeah. you know, that's something they're going to have forever, whether they want it or not. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, it's it's there. Know. It's it's on track. Oh, by the way, you know, I'm putting the record out and it's getting out there and mm-hmm. trying to get some radio play. And Abby asked me, Daddy, are you going to be a famous millionaire? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, honey. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> but uh, never I got say to, never. You can't say never. No, no, no. But hey, man, the the song uh, track nine, too many friends. Mm-hmm. It's the only song that's a co-write on here. I wrote the other stuff, but me and uh, my best friend Marshall McCartney. I don't get to see him much, but we co-wrote that many years ago, actually. And um, anytime I tried to record it just didn't work yeah and it wasn't going to be on this record then i messed with it and um it just wasn't working you know the yeah there's always stuff something was, there well you know the uh, things were fighting itself you know drums were fighting the guitar and the, but um i don't know what happened man just it kind of it's uh it might be a little raw but i feel like that's one of my favorite tracks on the really? record now and uh you know, sometimes um, those work, you know, those yeah. raw ones where you're just like, just grit. I mean, know? we, you know, we wrote that one quite a while ago and I'm just glad it finally got out. And, uh, I got to call my friend Marshall said, Hey, tell you uh, him, by the way, he's uh, a couple years older than me. He's got three young girls now too. So, oh yeah, I got all boys. So you I, got all boys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All boys. Thank God. Well, you'll <laughs> save money at, you know, wedding time. <laughs> sure. But, uh, well, what's the, what's know. the one track you sent me here? I'm going to, I'm going to pull that one up. Uh, the track you sent me here is, um, cover four what what is that oh that would be tattered remnants tattered remnants so uh, tell me about tattered remnants we're gonna we're gonna hear uh 
Oh, yeah. Hey, if you listen on the, uh, if you make it to the end of the course, you'll hear my daughter's cello, hear Maddie playing the cello on it. But uh, there you go. It's um, the, the titles from a song I wrote uh, a while back, and uh, because I didn't have it recorded, I couldn't really remember it. And <laughs> so I just wrote a new song, basically. But, but you, uh, had, you had the meat, right? But, uh, you didn't have any You know, songs. it's just a. Uh, you might hear some melancholy on this, man. This, you there know, you it, it touches on some of that. All right, so this this is track number four. Yeah, tattered remnants. I like it. it I, I feel the melancholy. Of course, uh, a proud Papa moment. We, we talked about the, the cello part uh, with Madeline there. Yeah, and, and that being said, you've got the Madeline, I'm listening. Uh, there's got to be a story of, of Madeline, I'm listening. Like, uh, it, it, was it that dad, 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 dad moment? Yes, I got it. <laughs> yes, what do you want? Or or where does that come from? Madeline, well, I'm listening. Um, I like that analogy, but not not really, man. It was, <laughs> it was, it was we've really. We've all been there as dads. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah. Oh, and there's some of that too. Shut up. Some, yeah, right. <laughs> you love them most of the time, right? But um, <laughs> not really. You know, it was. Um, you know, we. You see, um, some kids that are, uh, you know, have tough times, and everybody in life has a tough time. But mm-hmm. I, I just wrote this as a song. I, I, I hope she could kind of keep and you know have as she's growing up to listen to and you know the um this one's gonna make me cry isn't it uh i hope so i'll I'll keep trying here (laughs) madeline i'm listening tell me of the secrets that you've learned and you know it's about i'm always going to be there for you honey no matter what babe oh it's a tear coming out of his eye folks You're just going to throw that you away. Want a tissue, there, man. You yeah, want a thanks. tissue there. Uh, wait, why, why does Abby Rose then come first? She's the baby. Is that why she comes first? <laughs> well, I wrote that one in a second, but uh, <laughs> nah, you know, really, that it, it was a uh, it's a good up tempo song, man. It mm-hmm. kind of, you know, because uh, I wrote that. You know, the first line is talking about her running around in circles when she was younger, and you know, just just watching her run around, and yeah. the tempo kind of goes along with that. So, uh, okay, number three on the record, she goes it was up tempo, you know. Yeah. So think about a toddler running around in circles and, and that's get dizzy. Yeah. 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 Right, She's running around. Feel good about that track. It's fun. 
she does, man. And, is that is know. that basically Abby in a nutshell? Fun, yeah, just energetic. Oh yeah, ball of emotion. Oh yeah, man. She's a, she was a happy baby. She's still happy, and uh, you know she plays uh, guitar and violin too. You really? Know? Yeah, man. Look at you cranking out the musicians. That's got to make you, know. you feel proud too, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, Does it make yeah, you scared yeah. or? or, or? No, nah, it's it's a good thing, man. Like I said, music is great. I love mm-hmm. music. Uh, it's made me so much smarter. Yeah. Well, has have, bad example, but have they taught you about music that you were like, I've been thinking about that all wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I gotta say, I I heard coming from the bedroom a few nights ago that opening to Stairway to Heaven coming no. out of Maddie's room. I'm like, hey, no. hey, honey. Uh, <laughs> Stop. I'm like, uh, come here and watch this uh, video. Cashmere is much better. Come check this out. <laughs> why did Stairway make it? Why why, why Stairway? Okay. Um, because they do well, have better tracks. Man, I, I, I might, I might uh, get lambasted here, but it was a good song, really. You know? It was fine. It was fine. It, <laughs> you know? it has its place. Like I said, you all know. music has its place in, in time. But, uh, but yeah, and I had to explain to Maddie, you know, working in music stores over the years, you'd even <laughs> see signs, you know. No, no stairway. No stairway to heaven. Right. And I uh, think Yarborough's music still has a sign, no stairway. Yeah, probably so. And and there were, you know, and then one day she's like, oh, what's this song? And it was uh, Smoke on the Water. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk about mm-hmm. this too. <laughs> you know, listen to Burn or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, always liked uh, every middle school band <laughs> plays it though. Yeah, right. Hey, you know, for a reason, it's yeah. good stuff. But just got overdone. But uh, Dash Dash Rip Rock, Louisiana band. They had a song, uh, "Stairway to Freebird." I thought that was apropos. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but but have they taught you anything? Like moving on, moving through music, and and this whole journey. I mean, this album obviously doesn't happen necessarily without them. So, have they helped you progress? And, and and maybe grow as a musician yourself. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, man, for Christmas, you know, one thing I got each of them was a like a rhyme and dictionary and a journal to write lyrics in and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I love watching them grow because they're not they're not just doing it by my example. They're doing their own thing. And I, you have know, you I taken t- anything from them? Or you're like, oh, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've stolen all of Maddie's songs. Now, I did tell Maddie I would produce a record pretty soon on her yeah. if, she, if she wants to do it. Yeah, and, watch uh, out, Billie Eilish. That's how Billie Eilish went on. You know, it's it's just about the music, that's all. And, is uh, is there glad. an artist out there now that you're sitting there going, yeah, we're we're there? Um, No, not really. I mean, I wish I could say, but... um. I'm just trying to do what feels feels good to feels me nice. at this point, you know, yeah. because, you know, like we talked about, if you, you start looking at trends and stuff, that's, I can't do that. It's a rabbit hole, man. You know, you can't do it. And yeah. if, you know, for a while before Maddie started getting into the heavier stuff, she was uh, <laughs> listening to some... Uh, and yeah, I don't. I'm not knocking Imagine Dragon stuff like that. It's good yeah, stuff, you yeah. know. It's good stuff. Listen, but, uh, I worked there. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was right. that problem. <laughs> yeah, the pusher man. <laughs> oh yeah, man. We were but, pushing uh, out a serious drug called pop. You know that that was good. You know, uh, and there was some good. There was some good along. And and even JT and I, you know, uh, from Savage After Midnight, were talking yeah. about that. There were songs that I think you could genuinely hear the tone in my voice say, you know, uh, convey that I hate this song. <laughs> you know, and. and 
wasn't my fault. Is yeah. I'm, I'm a very picky person when it comes to music. So yeah, I listened to some of uh, JT and you, and uh, yeah, I like their name, you know. But I was thinking, you know, maybe I'd be more like Savage before ten thirty or something. I don't know. But they're very cool. Cool band, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, but but you know, we were talking about you know that that picky nature that just happens with music snobs like myself, and uh, well, you can't help it. But it either were, sounds good to you or it doesn't. We've all was, got taste, so right. they're different. You and know? there were some good things that happened out of out of the pop world, but um, unfortunately, a lot of it wasn't. It's just wasn't yeah, good. and. Uh, I've I've been getting into the K-pop thing lately. Really? No, not really. No. <laughs> Sorry, man. You BTS I, or are you? <laughs> I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for the kids. Yeah, know? right, right. Well, are they into it? No. Okay. But they told me what it was. Mm. <laughs> education. Yeah, you know. Fatherly education. Now, Billie Eilish, that is good stuff. Billie know? Eilish, I, I like tell that. you what, she she's can write her ass off. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's quite the lyricist, and I love that you know they produce that. Her brother, brother yeah, produced her, in the bedroom. Her know? brother, I'm going to be honest with you, is is the bigger talent. I, in my opinion, now uh, everybody, you know, she has her place in there, right? But uh, Phineas writing everything, composing everything, because well, it's I, really a team, isn't it? Because absolutely. by himself, he wouldn't have made it that big. You know, she's got a stage presence. I don't know. You know, he could write and and sell those songs off, and and I think just be just fine. But and I think that's what he's doing now he's writing for other people well you know that's somebody else i never heard of you know until uh maybe a couple of years ago hmm. and she already apparently had it i didn't know it but she had a huge following you know another artist that made themselves you know yeah. i love that yeah indie artist. anybody can do it anybody can do it you can fail or you can succeed you know and it's up to you for the most part the new album is called ruffin uh the Link is in the description. We're going to come back with Jay's top five. Uh, even though he says he doesn't like listening to music, he's got a top five <laughs> list. Uh, and we're going to talk about some gigs coming up and who's on deck. It's all in the Memphis Reverb next. Reverberations heard around the world. This is Memphis Reverb. Now, I, I got Jay's top five already. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. Um, <clears throat> not current. But not not at all awful. Well, you know, uh, I, I try, man, but I, I had to pick the stuff that I really like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I'm not against current. We're counting them down. Countdown. Let, let's start this thing off. Let's do a little band called the Ramones. Uh, One of my, my favorite bands ever. And, and, and you know, I've got mixed feelings about them be, being uh, used commercially now. With, yeah. You know, three of the, the main members being gone now yeah. unfortunately but they're no one to tell them no hey the kids the kids know who they are because of a uh, blitzkrieg bop and yeah that stuff you know i used to play growing up so this one's teenage lobotomy it is in at number five And at number five, number four, let's go with Chuck Prophet, high as Johnny Thunder. Good looking, and Napoleon was tall. If Joan of Arc just took her meds, she'd be a movie star. 
The National in a number. What is this? Great. Smack down in the middle of the country. You played this one for the girls yet? Mellow. A little mellow. A little mellow. atmosphere. It was, cool. Yeah, it's it's all right. Um, do you hope that one of your songs, because that that's kind of a first dancey song. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the mood of it. You talked about weddings before, but. Well, you know, uh, I, like, I like that atmospheric feel, man. And I, I'm going to do that one day. You know, I yeah. just kind of, I'm, I'm about loud guitars at the moment. <laughs> I, I'm going to. High fast. Chill out next record. Smack in the face. Yeah. Uh, Bob Mould is uh, in its Siberian butterfly in at number two. Sounds like his old Husker Du stuff. Yeah. Heavy guitar. Bob Mould at number two. Yeah, I like like it. it. And at number one, Flamin' Groovies, Shake Some Action. Uh, That's number one. Talk about lo-fi. Yeah. That might be that version. I've heard some, uh, some high-fi. Some, yeah, or mid-fi, yeah. They're a lo-fi band. I'm not mad. Cool stuff. Yeah, yeah no, it's cool stuff. Great. It's like the Ramones. It's got to be lo-fi. You know, that's how you listen to it. You well, know? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. anything remastered from the Ramones? You know, but lo-fi stuff, if it's good songs, it, it don't back, matter, Look man. at back. How will Beck? Yeah, Beck. It's got to be lo-fi. If it's lo- if it's anything above remastered, it's terrible. He's a loser, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you that lo-fi. Listen to that on a cassette or a, a, a 45. Now I'm real big into into vinyls. Yeah. So I I listen to tracks on vinyl. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, going to pop. Mm-hmm. Listen to Justin Timberlake on vinyl. Okay. Like especially oh. his Man of the Woods tour. Okay. On vinyl. It's the truth. Yeah. Talking about lo-fi, you know, Guided by Voices, great band. Mm-hmm. Love them. And mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff, you know, really lo-fi, and I love that stuff. Yeah. And then they, uh, I remember when they had Rico Cassick from the Cards uh, produce one of their albums. And it sounded great, man. And it's it's cool. It's fine. It has They're good place. lo-fi, and they're good hi-fi. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Uh, speaking right. of either way, uh, you can find Jay in the band. Uh, Going to be doing uh, some gigging on the computer. Yeah, we and I do have a band, you know. Um, I'm gonna mention them by name: Laura Cupid on bass. Okay, great bass player and has a really cool Rickin backer bass. I can't wait to <laughs> get that make back sure out. when we play that one. Yeah, right. And um, Joel Roberts on guitar, amazing guitarist. 
and um, Kim Trammell on drums. I know Kim Trammell. Oh man, she's she's, she's a boss. Yeah, she's a boss on drums, and uh, we're um, like there's there's very few like just absolute bamps that can sit back there on drums and you're like, yeah, she's a bam. Well, I've told Maddie about Kim and I'm like, yeah, please, please need to watch, yeah. watch Kim play. And, uh, but, uh, um, she toured with Dixie chicks and a whole bunch of other people. Didn't uh, she? yeah, I, I couldn't tell you who all, but you know, she's done a lot of studio work and yeah, I played with her and, she kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Laura kicks ass. Joel kicks ass. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they were the, when I was getting the record, uh, ready to come out, those were the first people I called about doing this and, uh, getting ready to get back, back in. Put the band back together. Yeah, baby. And, uh, it's going to be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to playing. All right. Um, we're going to do a live stream. Um, we've got a birthday coming up in May. Doing a birthday show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, watch the, I'll announce that date and everything on. I know my birthday, but uh, you know the birthday's on a Wednesday. Might do it on Saturday night. Okay, I, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, so when? What's the age that you actually you know, have to punch your birthday? Whenever you want to, man. <laughs> right. You know, it's cool. Ages, but yeah. I'll, I'll be uh, if you check out jruffin.com, Yeah, you know, or um, I'll be setting up a music page on Facebook, and we'll announce a date on that. That's we'll cool. We'll be doing a live stream, you know, and playing some rock and roll all the links are in the description jay thanks for stopping by talking about literally everything under the sun thank you for having uh up next on deck we've got another hip-hop artist uh he has been featured on some amazon movies that's right uh amazon prime is out there putting out cranking out uh content and one of his tracks is on there. Why not? I've known uh, Why Not for a while, and uh, he's going to be stopping in the studio talking about blessings and what happened thereafter. It's all on the next episode of Memphis Reverb. Bye. The Memphis Reverb Podcast, hosted by Brody Scott, recorded, produced, and edited by Brody Scott. Like and follow us on your favorite social media at Memphis Reverb. If you'd like to be featured on the show, just email us at memphisreverb at gmail.com. Find more episodes by searching Memphis Reverb. This is a Brody Scott production. Daddy, Daddy.